I'm Toshi Regan. And I'm Adrian Marie Brown. Here, we just need to clarify that what you're about to hear was taped before the coronavirus pandemic and before the most recent popular uprisings against the police murder of Black people. From episode seven on, we'll be talking about the book explicitly in this current context. For these first few episodes, we talked about the work in the context of all the usual mess. So be it, see to it. (laughs) So be it, see to it. All that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. Welcome back to the Parables Podcast with Adrian Marie Brown and Toshi Reagan. We are into chapter six of the Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler. Yes. Um, This is one of my favorite things ever. Chapter six, drowning people sometimes die fighting their rescuers. Mm. And uh, just all the yeses. All the yeses. (laughs) All the yeses. Earthseed, the books of the living, Saturday, March 8th, 2025. And uh, this chapter is, is full of fights. Oof. It's full of fights. Yeah. Um, the last chapter, Lauren, um, Lauren really went in about where she is, what she thinks is going to happen, what she thinks is necessary, and she shares with her best yes. friend, Joanne. And Joanne kind of hangs in there, and even though she's shocked, yeah. she kind of hangs in there, is willing to take a book that Lauren thinks she should read, but in the end, she tells on Lauren. And this gets Lauren in trouble with her dad. Yeah. And this is a, you know, a rough and beautiful moment. Yeah. Um, because you get to see, um, you get to see some of the the fear Lauren has, you yeah. know, to stand up um, to her dad and what she thinks is right, but also the compassion that her father has. Yes. To really, you know, understand um where she's coming from and also explain a little bit like of the history yeah um that you know even though Lauren is of her time that um that she's actually not the first person yes to look at the situation and be like something has to be done which i just have to say i love so much like the as someone who has watched many people enter movement space, like show up, just like fired up, like I just figured it out. We're all going to fucking die. We have to do something about this. Like, And that patience, that loving kindness, it takes to be like, mm-hmm, that's right. That is what's happening. And all of the stuff you're seeing here is actually people trying to generate some solutions to that. Yes. Yeah. And, you know... And also just having, um, like, they're not just sitting there and doing nothing, that they're actually in a process of, of holding space and, you know, 
his fear of of people falling into the abyss is what he says. Ugh. Of people really not being a, being functional. Yes. The people surrendering or giving up. Um, that he he really wants to hold a line, and he feels like if they hold a line, they'll extend to the next place, like yeah. the next you know revolution, or they'll be met somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I know, like Lauren is like, no, that's not going to work. Yeah, and she's very much, you know, which it feels very much like I remember this in myself that like, but this is true. Like, this is the truth. Like, why are y'all all so scared or so pussyfooting around or so in denial about the truth? And I love that he's just like, you can't, you you will learn to not say every single thing you think you're sure of. Mm-hmm. At some point, you will figure that out, that that's not actually how you navigate life. Because, and I, what I took from that is like, even for him, as someone who's a God-fearing man, and he really has a certain ideology that moves him through life, that he has an understanding that like this, there's not one way through this. There's, I have this one way and I don't say everything I believe about this one way and you'll have another way. There's some room that he gives her in that, even though he's like, I really want to understand who you are and how you're thinking about things. If you think the world's going to end, like what's going on in you? Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's, that's, he also gives her some tips. Yes. He's like, well, what if you teach? You yes. Know, instead of telling people, what if you teach something? Yeah. Um, it reminds her of her teaching her kindergarten class and also, um, you know, uh, some of the skills that people have already been utilizing, but she just isn't aware of. Yeah. So it's a really amazing and interesting conversation. It shows, um, I love it. I think of it as the handoff uh-huh. conversation kind mm-hmm. of because I, I think it's where they really battle Um, and it's where she, I think it's where she gains the strength kind of like, okay, I'm going to take that, but I know I'm right. I know I'm right. And I know that we don't have time, Mm -hmm. you know, like I feel like she's really in this, like the things you're trying to like the, the systems you've set up, the solutions you've got, it's not fast enough that it's not going to work for me. I'm here now, I'm telling you. And he's just like, that's just not how the world is. You know, that, and which feels like, in some ways, this feels like one of the most honest snapshots of that intergenerational conundrum, right? Is like that starting off, like we're going to change it all in our generation, in our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And then that moment when you're like, oh, this is much longer than me. This is much longer than us. Like much longer in both directions, like people have been trying to turn and face this abyss and keep us from it for a long time. And the work will continue long after we're here. There's something fundamental about human survival that is larger than one life arc. And I love that he's holding that. And then that she's just like, yes, and there's some stuff that can happen in this lifetime that's really important. Mm -hmm. There's some stuff that needs to happen right now that's really important. Can we get it together? And, you know, she's, I feel like that comfort, you know, it's like, I feel like that dance between them, like, we are going to try to hold it together. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so interesting, because one thing I do, I do feel, even though it doesn't show up so much in her time, is that um, how fast uh, technology, our current, 
um, technology around communication, how fast like money moves, how mm-hmm. fast deals are made, uh-huh. and then how slow how slow it is to deal with bureaucracy yes. as a human being. And yes. I'm like, that is so like on purpose. Like yes. that is, you know, if you want to find something, figure out something, change something. I mean, it's ancient days. Yes. But I'm like, if somebody with some money want to buy four blocks of brownstones in Brooklyn and throw up, you know, a 30-story condo yes. and charge a million dollars, it can happen overnight. Exactly. It can happen overnight. Exactly. It's like, it's it's just like, you know, popping up everywhere. And so I feel like that, you know, is also interesting in her. Yeah. Um, in her time, you know, they're already in Mars. You know, there yes. are already these different things are happening. And I think that she's seeing... You know, the decline is, is super fast. Like, yeah. when you don't take care of each other and people and when our systems don't cover people, um, the decline is, is, is it's not long time. It's really right. fast. Um, I mean, always think about Katrina and, mm-hmm. like, you know, how um, afterwards all of the stories, yeah. you know, over time started to come out. And in, you know, those few days, some people lost, like, they're just the hold on, like, what is a decent thing to do? Yes. How how should yeah. you be, like, in a place with other people? That's right. And, you know, and the stories are just, like, incredible. And I think there's, there's something interesting in your choice of saying lost it there. Yeah. Because I also think that, to me, so much of what, gets unveiled in those moments is like some people are not learning it. Like some people are not being taught to hold on to that integrity of what it means to be a human being, what it means to be kind, what it means to um, help, you know, do unto others. Like I just feel like so much of that sense of a common value system of any sort is not actually there, right? Um, And and then, you know, we're like, where is it supposed to come from? Right. You know, where is it supposed to come from? If it's not coming from religion, um, like some places it comes from religion, but a lot of that is very, you know, I think people recognize it feels very surface level about authority and not about actual spirit and faith and belief. Mm-hmm. And so then I think the places where I'm like, oh, those folks have it are often places who are much more in touch with their ancestral lines, with a sense of lineage. There's a way to be good. And it ties all the way back to some original people level stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, oh, we've left so much of that up to chance. We've left so much of that up to um, overworked and underpaid human beings and an education system that is no longer oriented towards creating good human beings, but created towards creating great cogs to fit into these systems, right? right? Finish a standardized test. Does a standardized test talk about kindness? Right? Does it talk about how you respond when someone needs help? Um, so anyway, I just want to pause there because I think part of what I've been curious about is how do we regenerate or reawaken? Because I do think it's there in, in kids. Like I've been around so many children. I've watched so many children come into the world. And I say this often, but like we are born into someone else's hands. And there's interdependence at the start. 
And the way that I see babies touch and care for their mothers, you know, the way that I see babies touch and care for each other, not like I want to be friends with you, right? There's just a sort of fundamental like, oh, that's a baby. You know, there's just this kind like, oh, I want to take care of. And what happens to that? And how do we reawaken that fundamental, you know, just the way you said there's one water. It's also like there's one self. There's one being right there's there's one life energy life force and it's when we're disconnected from it that we can't instinctively know what to do in those moments to care for each other yes yeah it's like uh, i appreciate that so much it's like we can learn behavior yes you know so we can learn you know but then who are we when we don't have these regulations that we have to follow if we haven't learned yeah you know how to really be with each other yeah, and I love that. I mean, it's an old school philosophy, but like, how do I know I'm a good person? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And and um, I think about that. Um, oh, what's her name? You don't have to crawl on your knees forever, poet. <laughs> I'm like, anyway, I'll remember it some other time. But she talks about like, it's you don't have to like crawl on your knees forever punishing yourself. Like, to, that's not the, the purpose of life to be good. Um, I'll find it. We'll cut it back in somewhere. But so she gets caught. She's having this Mary Oliver. Thank you. I was like, what's this woman's name? Um, I think one of the pieces here that I get excited about is her father is both talking to her about that. Like, what does it mean to be good? Like when you can tell that someone doesn't know, how do you not harm them in that process of like offering them an awakening? How do you give them a path. But then he also is doing that with her. So it's like he's talking about it and he's also being like, how about a martial arts class? Like, what about this book on plants? Like, here's some handholds and footholds for you to navigate how you're going to move through the abyss. Yes. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. It's a, it's a really cool moment. I think there's a, a couple of dynamics that I also really am into in this, which is he has that there but when it comes to the kids Mm -hmm. breaking into the the yard and you know clearing out the garden um he is he is like no he's like we need a a neighborhood watch yeah we Um, can't trust these systems we can't trust these systems which i love that's that old southern black man that was just like i know that man (laughs) he's just like trust god no but have a gun yeah we gonna have to have these guns and we gonna have to um, we gonna have to be around the clock now, and watch these people because they're they're starting to catch up on onto something. Yeah, they're starting to figure out a way in. Well, now they know what yeah. they got because mm-hmm. enough people have come in and gotten away. Yeah, and that causes a very a big fight. Yep. with his wife Corey, who is she's like police, like we can count on the system still. Yes, and she's like, I don't think we're gonna be shooting kids for oranges right now. Yeah. Like, that's not okay with me. Yep. And they actually have a, a battle of the scriptures. Yes. <laughs> which I love as well. So, and Lauren is, is like, I got to go look this up and see what it is. Because mm-hmm. it's the first time that she hears her parents really go at it. Yes. So it's it's like a big a big chapter for the dad. Yeah. Um, who's, you know, really trying to navigate a lot of, a lot of shifts. Yeah. I mean, I love the paragraph where he's breaking down to her, like, just acorn bread. 
eating that. You know, like he's just like, everyone doesn't do this. That's not how I was raised. That's not what we were up to. Like we've learned how to do that. Like the things that we know how to do here that we're doing for survival, like we've taught ourselves. And I also want to take a moment for the relationship between her and Joanne, right? So Joanne has, you know, betrayed her in that teenage way, right? Like we've all probably done at some point, like told our parents something that we weren't supposed to tell them, maybe to save ourselves, maybe not. But Joanne is like legit scared and has told her mom that she's scared and now Lauren feels caught. And when Joanne comes back around and is like, are we still good? Like, are we still friends? You know, Lauren makes this distinction of like, we're not enemies. And I think about this so much in this current context of how binary everything is. Like you're either for us or against us on this side or on that side in my political cadre or not. And the space in the apocalyptic condition for the not enemy right? The person who's like, you are not actively working against my survival. (laughs) Um, You're not actively tearing down my fences and trying to harm me. And this becomes a theme that Octavia will return to, not just in this work, but in almost every Mm -hmm. single other work. And I think, you know, we know that Octavia was more of a recluse herself, like spent a lot of time alone. And I think in that solitude did a lot of scholarship and thinking about inter- interdependence and relationship and intimacy and like what does it actually mean to practice those things how do you actually survive with other people so i love that section yeah 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 i feel that yeah i feel that well they have their um neighborhood watch yeah um but and there's some play there's some joy in there there's some joy in there they're playing games board games yeah but then, um, you know, under the uh, rule of you ain't in charge of everything. Nope. <laughs> you got Richard Moss. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know. There's always a Richard Moss. There's, there's always, always someone who's like, oh, did we agree to that? I'm not doing that. No. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's out there selling rabbits outside the wall, which literally lets everybody know that they got meat. We have rabbits. We got rabbits. And, and you have no money, but we're going to try to sell these to Yeah. He's ugh. an asshole. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, they come back to get these rabbits. Yeah. And um, uh, to me, this is like one of those points that where you're, you really are like, oh, Right. Being a community, it can be hard. <laughs> Being a community is so hard. I mean, I think that's the piece, like, even as someone who I talk about interdependence all the time, and I'm like, wow, I'm still pretty picky about who I want to be in community with and who I'm willing to, like, practice this stuff with. I'm learning. But... It's things like this where you're like, oh, being in community means being around people who won't necessarily do their homework, who will move with their ego. And I'm so excited about being in movement spaces now where people are like, we're trying to actively decolonize some of these things so that to me in some way it increases the chance of getting to be in community with people who have some base level of shared analysis. But I love the political rigor of this book that's sort of like, yeah, but more than likely than not, (laughs) that's not who you're going to end up with. You're going to end up with some people who are wanting to battle for power and wanting to deepen into that. And, yeah. In a way, this chapter is about lines, lots of lines being drawn. Yes. You know? Yeah. And people are not 
drawing the same lines. That's right. You know? Um, yes. Either dad draws a line. That's right. Corey draws a line. Joanne drew draws a line. line. <laughs> Joanne's mom draws a line. Yeah, people just like, no, this is, I, I'm not, yeah, this can't happen. This can't happen. This yeah, can't happen. Yeah, it's drawing the line and crossing the line, yeah. right? Like, I feel like Richard Moss, I mean, that that is a power move. Right? right to just be like, oh, you draw that line. We, you know, this draw. We don't have to respect that. We need money. Yeah, and I do think that what causes people to transgress boundaries is so often tied to resources in ways that we don't talk about that often. Is like Richard Moss crossed that line because he's like, this is an income stream, and right. I feel like so often people are like, I will cross a line that I thought I'd never cross um, out of hunger. Right, you know, or out of the idea of protecting my family. Yeah, and yeah. this is a this is when they, you know, start to have some some real conversations, you know, on an yeah. emotional level. Um, but they're starting to say, like, you know, this fight between Reverend Alamina and Corey Alamina, it it really goes to the what ifs, mm-hmm. you know, what if you die. Like, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, live. Yes. You know, live and survive. Yes. Um, Which is such a deep thing. You know, I feel like in that section, um, I think that's where Lauren talks about her denial, too, that she's just like, I can't really process the idea of him not coming back from this. Mm. And that that denial is also something that everyone is participating in. Um. So we all have our lines and we also all have our areas of denial, <laughs> our areas where I'm like, I won't take that part in. I think about that with people in my family that I love where I'm like, I can imagine apocalypse in a theoretical sense. But when it comes to those people, you know, I'm trying to become the kind of person who will still make good decisions in the apocalyptic conditions because I know that right now I'm not that, you know, like I'm like, I know that right now if someone came for one of my nibblings, I would probably do all the worst things that humans do to protect them. I'm like, I want to become the kind of person who has more options than that. But that denial is right there. It's, it is. You got to love Lauren. Um, She's like, well, Corey is right, but it doesn't matter. That's right. (laughs) And dad is right, but he doesn't go far enough. That's right. God has changed. And in the end, God prevails, but God exists to be shaped. It isn't enough for us to just survive, limping along, playing business as usual while things get worse and worse. Mm. Ah, if that's the shape we give to God, then someday we might become too weak, too poor, too hungry, too sick to defend ourselves, then we shall be wiped out. Yeah. 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 This is one of my favorite songs in the show. Like, this is, this, this is one of my favorite times when we do this. Um, and it's like a moment that always uh, I think about when I think maybe I'm fighting one of my rescuers. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and I'm I like, think that all the time. I think that I wonder that all the time when someone's coming and trying to tell me something about myself or whatever. I'm just yeah. like... Ooh, well, am I denying my blessing right yeah, now? Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll scratch your eyes out, leave you alone. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like back up off me and don't ever call me again. And I'm yeah. like, oh, you were trying to say. I mean, I I have an, a hardcore experience of that a few years ago, where someone 
what I felt like transgressed a boundary and told some of my business where they didn't need to. Mm. And it took me a good six months to be able to see that that person was operating on my behalf. Like they were trying very hard to get me out of a, a dangerous situation. Mm. And in the moment I was like, I'm a grown up and I can do bad all by myself. You know, like <laughs> you can't tell me nothing, you know, like, and just so sure about how I knew all the things and just so unable to see what was actually going down because I was in it, in the thick of it. And I needed saving. Yeah. I was drowning. I needed saving. Um, and, but you know, you don't always necessarily become best friends with your rescuers either, right? No, they don't see you. It's too, and it's not such only a did they see state. you, they they actually know you. Yeah. And they and you, you don't want them looking at yeah. you all the time. I'm like, go away. Yeah. Now, some questions we ask ourselves. So, questions for this chapter: um, What is your response to the abyss? What is your response to the abyss? What is your family's response to the abyss? What is your community's response to the abyss? Right. Um, I think right now I would say there are some of us who who are like waker uppers, you know, trying to run around with the bells ringing like, hey, 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 y'all. And then I think there's some folks who are really actively sleeping. Um, like, you know what I mean by actively? You know, it's like they're not really asleep, but the eyes are closed and they're acting like they're snoring, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, and and then I think there's everything in between. And I think it's a good question to be in, like where are you related to it and to have that as a collective conversation. Um, this question around like not making people look down into the abyss or like how do you be in right relationship with it? Um, what information can you share without making people look down or should we even be trying to not have people look down? How do we find hand and footholds in the abyss for people to hold on to? Are there things you know that you are refusing to see? Can you notice them? Can you ask yourself why you're not ready to see them? Like, can you at least go that far for yourself? Um, there's a question here on Richard Moss and these rabbits, which is, you know, are there people around you right now who you know don't draw the same line that you do? Um, or that your community has agreed to hold, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, well, we all said we were gonna do this, but you're out here doing that. I will say, I see this a lot also in movement space, mm -hmm. where folks are like, you know, here's the talking point, or here's how we're gonna hold something, and then so-and-so goes out and does it differently. Or oh, somebody changed it, y'all already decided, and then when you get to the meeting, yes. this shit, y'all like spent 12 hours. Yes. Yo, that is so yeah, rough. That's, that's so, I was like, when did you change that? Oh, an email People in the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> people be trying to change stuff, you know, they be trying to shape a lie. Mm. Yeah, and you know, I think there's something about um, intention here, because I think most people, most people I've ever met or held space for think of themselves as having honorable intentions. Mm. And I think that shows up a lot in these lines, that people often when they're acting out of what feels like integrity, they think they're doing it from an honorable intention that like their intention will get them through. You know, it's like, I know I did this, but right. The ends justify the means kind of thing. Yeah. That's exactly what's going and on. I think the question becomes, how do we respond to that line crossing in a way that brings us all back into dignity and into right relationship? Um, how do we feel into the potential fear or scarcity thinking that might be creating that line crossing behavior? How do we assess for those things, right? Yeah. 
Um, a couple more questions. What is the space like in your in the way you hold your own relationships? What's the space between a friend and a not enemy and an enemy? Right? Like, how do you know when someone is actually your enemy? <laughs> um, and or your not enemy? Like, what does that alignment look like? That's safe enough. And then I think a final question for this chapter. Um, just thinking about that little brief mention of the songs and the board games and the like actually spending joyful time together as a community, um, that even in the hardest core apocalyptic conditions, people are like, we're still finding a way to spend time together in joyful community. Mm -hmm. Um, so asking yourself and being aware of for your people, what are the joys that keep you moving in apocalyptic times? Mm -hmm. These are all good. Do you have one? What is a joy that keeps you moving in apocalyptic times? Yeah, I try to sing and keep good company. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I um yeah, I love my I love my friends, I love my people. And um I always think if I can make sound in my body, I have a home somewhere. That's right. Yeah. So um and I think there's so many um, beautiful, fantastic, incredible things happening. Mm -hmm. um, I'm experiencing them every day. And so side by side is the, um, you know, deterioration mm -hmm. um, that humans are placing on the planet and side by side are, are atrocious behaviors with each other. And side by side are our many victories and our you know, on a massive and big level, our understanding of, of what is um, at hand yeah. and, and ideas and execution of ways of being um, that not only um, bring me joy, but, but make me feel like, yeah, let me, let me get ready. Let me go. Well, let me wake up this morning and do what I got to do. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, some of the terrible issues, I think, are really solvable. And I'm hopeful that we, um, you know, stop negotiating yes. around them yeah. and um, and just in these practices. So uh, I'm hopeful. I see people turning a corner towards that idea that we, we may be not waiting for someone else to negotiate on our behalf. That's right. The children in the concentration camps, for example, I could just say that all the time, yeah. um, or the water, but we will take it into our own hands to, you know, dictate what is right. And any of that energy makes me feel a lot of joy. I love that. I feel a lot of joy when I see people um, in uprisings, um, like anytime anyone says me like, look at these folks dancing in the streets in Lebanon, taking over their government. I'm like, yes, I'm here for all of it. It brings me joy. Um, it makes me feel impatient for the ways that we're not yet doing that. Like we're not yet actually in the streets. Um, and <clears throat> I get a lot of joy from taking baths, especially with others. Um, I get a lot of joy from spending time with young people, particularly like five and under when mm. it's still just like, you know, I haven't really gotten like busted up by the school system yet. Like it's just me and like my cool parents and we're just like 
freewheeling and talking and like navigating decisions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my nibbling today stopped by the one who lives upstairs and I opened the door and I haven't seen her in a little bit. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how are you doing? And she's like, I'm wearing sparkly rain boots. <laughs> and she was like, she was wearing boots that had like a sparkly bow on the side. And I was like, I gave them adequate attention. Cause I was like, you're right. I'm sorry. I didn't even like pay proper attention to those. And then she's like, also my coat is silver. And like this, she's pointing out the things like, I'm like, I can see her. And so I can see all the amazingness, but I love that she was like, I need, I just need to bring your attention. I need like, cause normal. And she reminded me that our practice is normally that I notice head to toe every fashion choice that she's made and it gives her joy to be noticed in that way. So those are some of the things that I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I don't ever want to be in a place where I can't bring my attention to the things we are doing for our freedom that are positive and that are active and the ways that children are still magical and, um, and created, you know, to be celebrated. So one more little piece from this chapter that I, I, for, I think I want to make sure we uplift, which is that idea of like, you have to prepare yourself for the right conditions. And, you know, so whether it's like, maybe sometimes it takes 43 years to prepare for the song to come through, or there's a section in this where Lauren's dad preaches about Noah's Ark and how it's like the preparation of Noah's Ark, like the preparation of like, okay, something's coming. How do I be ready for that moment? And maybe that's another question is what future are you preparing for? And how are you preparing for it? Because you're definitely doing something. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny because yeah. I always thought of that section. I, I see that too, but yeah. of him um, talking about faith. Yes. That, you know, you're getting all these instructions and you yes. don't understand them. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense to you. Yes. And I feel like he was like trying to cool Lauren down, mm-hmm. like, and Corey down. He's trying to cool everybody down. Like, you don't understand what's going on. But look, like, Noah had to build this whole ark and right. like do all of this stuff. And, and he didn't know why or what for. He was just holding his position yeah. in the space yep. because God was like, hold your position in this space. And so he's like, I'm okay. not going to tell you everything. That's right. You know? So I think he's also saying to people like, you know, we need to hold our line. Mm-hmm. We need to hold our place in the line. And then if we, because nothing can happen, right? If we don't, that's right. There's no chance, you know, but I love Lauren. Yeah. And Lauren is like, yeah, okay, but we need to keep, <laughs> we need to do exactly. something else. Also, we need to keep moving. Yeah, you know? we need to keep moving, so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's that, it's like God orients towards those who have faith and who are prepared. <laughs> and who will execute, execute your, your missions. Like, oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, yes, who will actually follow through. Yeah. But, you know, I think there's so much, and we can, and this will continue to be a theme but there's so much about like not being a sheep kind of follower but being an informed choiceful action-oriented follower like what does it mean to be like oh like i'm not following somebody i'm following a force that is actually moving through the universe and that requires my 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 good following right i think about that almost anytime someone claims the position of leader or calls me a leader i'm like i am following i'm following birds flocking through the air i'm trying to understand and follow Mm -hmm. my ancestors i'm following 
the waterways and I'm trying to follow the stillness. Like everyone is following certain things that, you know, I'm trying to follow the impulse towards liberation. And I think Lauren is like that. I'm like, I'm, she's following earth seed. It's, it's, she knows it's true. How can she follow it and give herself to it? And I think the dance there is so intricate. I mean, like I just, it never gets less interesting to me how she's like, I have this massive faith and it requires preparation today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. There you Compliment. go. There's a new world coming. Everything gonna be turning over. Everything gonna be turning over. Where you gonna be standing when it comes? There's a new world coming. Thank you for listening to our show. Octavia's Parables is hosted by Toshi Regan and Adrian Marie Brown. It's produced by Kat Aaron. Music for Octavia's Parables podcast. Always see the stars written and performed by Toshi Regan. There's a new world coming performed by the cast and musicians of Octavia E. Butler's Parable of the Sower, the opera lead vocalist Shana Smalls written by Bernice Johnson Regan with additional lyrics by Toshi Regan, both based on the novel Parable of the Sower by Octavia E. Butler. And our show art is by Krista Franklin. You can find us on Twitter at OParables and sustain our show by becoming a patron at patreon.com backslash OParables. Please share this podcast with anyone you think it would be useful for. So be it. See to it.